This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 217. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here. Yes, sir. Another week, we are fully immersed, I guess you could say, into the March madness uh, of everything. Last week, we had our man Jamal Murphy up here with us to break down the brackets. Now, uh, you know, some people are thrilled about their brackets. Some people ain't thrilled about their brackets. Some people have been deep into the betting with this college basketball now, making their little March madness a little bit more fun. Uh, so it's it's been good uh, in that regard. There's been a bunch of stuff going on in the world of sports that we got a lot to get to, uh, in terms, including looking at what our brackets look like. Uh, are, we down, are we down with St. Peter's? Uh, which I am for a lot of reasons. I oh, think yeah. Brian. I'm feeling. I'm <laughs> feeling Brian might be too. <laughs> I, as well as you know me, you know the, this is my kind of team. Like spoiler yes. alert for when spoiler we get to alert. that part of the plot. We, we will get to that. <laughs> also, the NFL continuing to not care about women, uh, and then yeah. we're gonna talk a little bit about hip hop this year so far. Has it been that great? Has it been that good? In terms of what we'll listen to, a little early hip hop checking. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Uh, but first, got to talk about these brackets. What's your bracket looking like? Uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it real. My bracket. I mean, I wasn't doing too bad. I felt like I was doing good. St. Peter's kind of messed up my bracket, but we mm-hmm. are rocking. We are Team St. Peter's over here. Um, so that happened. Kentucky got bounced. That was a Final Four team I had, and then Wisconsin who I was a little shaky on, but I didn't like anybody in their uh, region. They got bounced. So two of my final four are gone. I guess my champion is still in play in Gonzaga, so I should feel kind of good. But, um, yeah, that bracket's not looking amazing. But a lot of people's brackets ain't looking amazing, so I don't feel alone. I'm good. How's your bracket looking, B? I mean, not great. As I'm looking at them right now, just to, I just pulled them up just to make sure that they're not as bad as I thought. If I'm being totally honest, um, uh-huh. I have three on the uh, the ESPN tournament challenge, uh, the Conyaso bracket, fifty three percent right now. 
uh, not doing very well. That one has Gonzaga winning it, winning it all, so I'm hopeful, hopeful that that's the case. But uh, Baylor is out and Wisconsin's out, and that was two of the four Final Four teams on that one. Villanova's still alive, and I don't really think they're going to get to the Final Four, but we'll see. Uh, because I think Arizona could beat them. But I don't know. This tournament's got me questioning everything, right? Uh, my Conyo bracket is doing all right, 70%. Uh, we have Gonzaga. No, we have Arizona winning the whole thing there. Oh, not good, Brian. Not good. Um, yeah, Kentucky was not in my Final Four, but they're out because I had them going a little bit further in this one than I had in the other ones. And every other bracket, I had Kentucky losing at round two to Murray State, um, which we have already noted. They lost to St. Peter's. We're going to get to that a little bit later. Uh, that bracket is not doing so well. And then my uh, by Hidalgo Heights bitch bracket uh, is at 62%. And that one with Gonzaga winning it all. And this is like kind of like my real one. But uh, yeah, not doing so well. I also have some finer four futures on FanDuel. A couple of them are still alive, Dex. I will say that. Like that. If I wanted to win anything, it wouldn't be the bracket challenge because I know realistically like that's not going to happen. That's like winning the lottery. Literally. It's like the equivalent of winning the lottery. But in terms of the final four parlays, which would pay out pretty nicely. Like I still have a couple that are in play. One of them being Gonzaga, Arizona, Purdue and Kansas, which, you know, we'll see, but I have more confidence in that one than I have in this one, which is Gonzaga, Arizona, UCLA, and Kansas. I actually think UCLA could go pretty far, but we'll see, man. Every team is scary. At the end of the day, you're betting on college kids. So uh, that that lends itself its own yeah. level of fear. But, you know, yeah. And then on the women's bracket, I don't even want to talk about it because my women's bracket is awful. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. But I have Louisville uh, winning the whole thing, and they're still there. South Carolina, I have winning the whole thing in another bracket and in another bet. Um, but the parlay that I need is Gonzaga and Louisville to win the whole thing. That that that's a that's a parlay that I put some money on that I think uh, could hit. So we'll see. But South Carolina's really good. So here's the thing: I just did all this bitching about my bracket, and then I looked at this bracket. I'm actually Murph has a uh, tournament challenge bracket through Yahoo that he did. Uh, that I'm you know I'm, try, I'm in it to win it, and I'm actually tied for first. Wow. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, what's realize. your percent? What's your percent? Fifty-three uh, percent. Nothing amazing. Interesting. That tells you how bad everybody else is doing too, <laughs> right? Like I'm, I, I'm fifty-three percent. I'm tied for first. Now I haven't taken a look at what everybody else has picked. As it, I, I have not seen that. But you know, so I have forty-four out of possible one hundred forty-eight points, uh, and I picked what is that? Thirty-four of sixty-three picks have been correct. So that's fifty-three percent. Nothing great, uh, but I'm tied for first with a couple other people. You know, maybe things could break my way. Maybe I could finally win one of these brackets. A couple years ago, I had a bracket that I could have won. This is a minute ago. It was like seven, eight years ago. Florida screwed me. All I needed Florida to do was get to the championship game. That was it. That's it. Mm. They lost in the final four. I'm forgetting what year this was. All I needed them to do was get to the championship game. Which Florida team was that? I'm trying to remember now. It's just seven, uh, eight this years has ago. to be. This was like. Do you remember the players? Any players? God, I can't remember. I'm trying to think. This is this. This might have been the year when Florida Gulf Coast made that run. I don't know if this is 20. Oh, that's Dunk City. That was 2015. 2015. I just wrote about that recently. That's yeah, how I think it's 2015. But Florida got it's 2015 or 2016. I think it's 2015. I think you're right. I think you're right about 2015. 
I think it was 2015. Yeah, Florida let me down. They just needed to get to the championship game. A lot of people thought they would. They did not. And uh, they cost me a, a, a nice uh, chunk of change. But uh, what are you going to do? 2013-14 season, the Florida Gators won the SEC regular season and SEC tournament titles. Mm-hmm. Lost in the final four of the NCAA tournament. Okay, so it was, 24, it was 2014. 2014. And they lost to UConn. Shabazz Napier, which which only if anybody as, as knows me, outside of loving Ray Allen when he played there, I have a strong disdain for UConn, and so I wanted <laughs> Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. I mean, yeah, I liked him when he was there too. I can like somebody's back in the jersey. I don't like you know no 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 no. I don't like you know what's funny. Somebody the other day at work was like, "Hey man, do you want to do this uh this day in New York history? We kind of do these videos sometimes." And he asked me, they asked me if I wanted oh. to do it. And it was the day when Kemba Walker hit that shot. Oh, uh, Gary Y'all, McGee? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I told him, I said, I, I, looked, I looked at my producer right in the eye and I told him, I'm a proud alum of the University of Pittsburgh. We are not going to do this. We don't have to do this. And we're not going to do this. I love Kemba. Cover Kemba. Good guy. Like his family. I don't need to relive the pain. No, we don't <laughs> We don't have to do this. I'm not reliving this pain. No, 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 no. But, yeah, so I wanted them to win. They didn't win. But, you know, look, I'm in first place. How long would that last after the Sweet 16? Who knows? Damn. It's March Florida, Madness, Florida also beat Pitt on that tournament run, which I forgot They d- They did. That also was not a good Pitt team at, at that time. And, you know, I think – was second round Pitt lost in the second round, I believe? Second round. Round yeah. of 32. Yeah. Round, yeah. And I, can't even, I think I clearly I picked that to happen. And that hurt my soul. But I knew – I know what my team was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, knew, I, I knew what they were. Yo, they haven't been to the tournament were. in a minute. Like, what's going on, yo? Like that 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 they're due. I because I like not to turn like not to get totally like totally off track, but like yeah, yeah. we talked about this. Like, I grew up, I'm a big East child. You know what I'm saying? Like, I caught the end, the end of the prime big East years, you know, when it was still mad teams and not teams from like Indiana and shit. And I grew up. Watching Pitt be really good. I had them going to a Final Four once when I was a kid. That was, I'm sure, that was the Dewan Blair uh, team that we've talked about a bunch on this on this podcast, uh, which we also talked about on Twitter the other day because of that yes. game that was yes. sports had. And Dewan Blair was my center next to you know, next to Joakim Noah on that team that I constructed. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at it now. They haven't been to the tournament since 16, and that's a that's yep. a, that's a drought for me for Pitt. Because I grew up, Pitt was good every year. They were in the Sweet 16 all the time. You know what I mean? Like, and I remember they they had what did they go to the Elite Eight in 09 with Dewan Blair in them? So, yeah, we lost to Scotty Reynolds on the left. We ain't gonna talk about that either, man. We don't I remember I I'm not talking about that. That was when that was when we'd get the in my crib, we'd get the the data news and or the New York Post, get the physical bracket out, write in all the you know what I'm saying? Like I sound I sound old doing this. So imagine, but like you used to write it in and all that shit. Like, yeah, I love that pit team. That's probably that's probably one of my favorite college teams ever, maybe. The old nine pit Panthers. Th- that team, I thought that was the best pit team that they had. I I do. And, and this goes, you know, there's some good teams when I was there from 2001, 2005. 2003 mm. is probably the next best team after that. Uh 2003, 2014. But um 05, was that Chris Taft? Taft or after, that, or was that after? Yeah, Taft left the 05 spring. 
right before I graduated. Yeah, he left. Chris Taft, who was white in NBA 06 to life or NBA 07 to life for some reason. I don't know why. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, shout, shout out to my man, Chris, Chris Taft. Um, I haven't seen him in a long time. I believe he lives somewhere in the South now in Tennessee. Uh, mm. Shout out to my man, Chris Taft. That was good. My, my Brooklyn brother who's doing his thing on uh, the pit team. But yeah, those were the good days of pit. Hopefully, they, look, hopefully they can get things back. Uh, there was some talk about Jeff Capel getting fired there, mm. but uh, our athletic director came out and said they're fully behind him. He will not be fired. He will be returning, which I think is the right move. I just think he's had some bad luck. He's recruited well. He had Champagne. Champagne left for the draft. They had some good stuff going. Once Champagne left, they had a bunch of transfers. COVID kind of messed them up last year with a lot of stuff because they actually started playing better and they had won some games in the ACC. Um, even this year, I think they won more games than I expected in the ACC. I think Capel's fine. He just has to get some hits in recruiting and keep some guys together for two at least two years. Yeah. I think they could be back to where they were. Um, but, you know, you got to start winning and looking at a place for kids to play because there was a time, like you said, from 2002 to 2000, you know, even up to 14, 15, 16, yeah. Yeah. people still wanted to go there and play. And, you know, what makes me sad is and I, wa- I still watch a lot of pick games. On the ACC network, I watch pretty much a lot of their games. Um, yeah, Puerto Rican on that team too. Nate Santos. Nate Santos. Yes, we do. Yeah. And um, which I don't know if it's ever happened before in my time watching pit basketball. But <laughs> I, so shout out to the, our Puerto Rican brothers out there. I I hope they can get it back because when I see these games, I was talking. Uh, you know, you know, my friend, my mentor, Jamoke. Yeah. He now is back working for the school, and he was at a game. Showed me some pictures of the day. Woo. Those stands are empty. And you, mm-hmm. you're like, well, Pittsburgh, they ain't got no basketball team, so they should come out. But when this pit ain't good, they ain't coming. I'm also like, what else y'all got better to do? But okay. That's it, true. It is what it is. But speaking of a team that is doing good, that has the hearts of the nation, <laughs> or at least the heart of Brian, yes. and I feel like this, this is this is a team. I don't want to call them the Brian Fonseca All-Stars, because I, <laughs> I don't want to go and do that. But St. Peter's Peacocks, this has Brian written all over it. However, <laughs> it's like part of Brian's branding. However, I think people might not understand this has me written all over it too, uh-huh. right? This has me written all over it too. I like this team. I like what they're about. I like how they're playing. They upset Kentucky. Then they go and upset Murray State, who had won 21 games in a row. And they're going to the Sweet 16. I don't know what they could do in the Sweet 16. but Shout out to my man, Mark Canizaro, uh, sports columnist for the New York Post. He said the other day, and he, we were talking on the phone before we did a video, and he's like, why can they not win? Why not? Why can they not win the Sweet 16 and move forward? And I'm like, I didn't have a good answer for that. They beat Kentucky. They beat Murray State. These kids are confident. They play tough. We like their coach, Shaheen Holloway, representing New York City to the fullest. You got some Jersey kids out here representing Jersey City to the fullest. It's that New York toughness. Now, look, man, y'all know Brian likes the violence. You know Brian <laughs> likes the violence. But it's not even about that for me. It's the toughness. The team is full of scrappies. Even the, uh, I'm forgetting the dude, Edder, the dude, Edder, the white boy, Edder. Yeah, Doug, Doug Edder. Edder or Edder? Doug is yeah. Edder. I, 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 it's Doug Edder because I'm not saying Edder. Edder. Yeah. It's Doug Edder. He's out there sniping. But he looks like he played in a couple of hoods. You could tell. He looks like he wasn't just shooting in the backyard. He's out here scrapping. They're playing physical inside. Uh, what's the kid? Uh, the kid who went to Lincoln. I'm forgetting his name. Adult. 
Ah oh, man, he, he had a good game though. KC and Dofo. KC and Dofo. And Dofo. Yeah. He's playing hard. They're playing scrappy. If you listen, most I'm telling you, there's people out there that probably think St. Peter's is an HBCU. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I heard I heard Bomani Jones. I heard Bomani Jones say it, and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? When he said that, I was like, that's why I like him. That's why I'm into it. They yeah. just seem like they represent, like, they look like an HBCU team, right? You get, and obviously people are like, well, Doug Eater's on it. There's white people that go to HBCUs too. Yeah. And they stay. A certain they type of white brother, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got, HBCUs, it's, it's for everybody. Historically black, but we will have your back and you can come here. And I, I, I like this team. And they play tough. They were, listen. The last game, this I felt like this was a Brian special. And this is why I say it. This is not about violence, folks. The last game, I, I, I watched pieces of it, and I was watching. I said, man, they're really not hitting the outside shot. But what were they doing, Brian? Banging inside. Yep. Getting rebounds, tough layups, not giving a damn. Driving. Brian, driving. Brian, as you know, Brian knows this. Got to have the camera on Brian for this. Brian, you know, when you playing in the streets of New York City, you're playing some street ball. You got to be tough. You yeah. cannot be tough on these courts. You can't get run off these courts. That's how these kids are playing. Like, yeah. they're not trying to get run off the court. And I appreciate it. I love it. I'm not saying they're trying to fight anybody. I'm just saying they ain't scared of nobody. And sometimes, you know, they look like a team that plays Shook Ones Part 2 before every game. I'm here <laughs> for that. I'm here for that. Because that's the most New York thug it out street song you can get. I'm here for it, man. St. Peter's. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. How I, you feel about St. Peter's? So I'm really just enjoying this tournament in general because I, Dex, I'm realizing how much. Put the camera on both of us, please. <laughs> I'm realizing as I'm watching this how much I really enjoy ugly basketball. Just oh, you, oh, you've been, oh, you oh, you been tweeting and texting about this. <laughs> that, oh, I don't care that this game is 32. I don't 30. give a fuck, <laughs> yo. Because here's the thing. Like, everybody wants everything to be fucking pretty. And if a team that's uh, supposed to win by 20 points only wins by eight, then it's a failure. And we've gone too far away from certain things. And I'm like, yo, to me, a win is a win. Don't care how. There's so much Fuck you about this team that I love. Their leading <laughs> scorer, Daryl Banks, averages 11 points a game. 11. 11. Two ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't even so play much... good in their last game. <laughs> right. There's so much about it that I love that I, I think it, it can also get you nostalgic, right? And then you look at, like, the hometowns, right? There's New York here. There's Jersey. San Juan, Puerto Rico, by the way. Matthew Lee, son of Butch Lee who was uh, the first Puerto Rican to ever play in the NBA, who was with the Lakers in, like, the late 70s, early 80s, won a title with them as a backup. Um, That's his son, Matthew Lee. And you have kids from Jersey City. You have kids from Philadelphia, uh, other parts of New York, et cetera, et cetera. Their coach, Shaheen Holloway, for people who don't know or people who are just learning. People who listen to this podcast probably know. But, you know, played at Seton Hall. In, from 1996 to 2000, was all Big East three times, most improved player in the Big East in 2000, played in the Knicks Summer League in 2000 for a little bit, Dex. If you, if, I don't know if you were even remember Oh, no, that. no, no, no. I remember that. I was rooting for him to make the team. I, was, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I, was, I, liked, I liked his game, man. Played at Rice. I think he played with uh, uh, Felipe Lopez. I believe he did overlap. I think 
his first year. I don't know. I don't remember if he was on that same team because Lopez was already at St. John's by '98. So yeah, they might, they, they, he was '96. So he might have overlapped. Might have overlapped one or two years. I'm pretty sure. I got to check my history on that. Machine Holloway is super New York. Everybody loves the quote where he's like, "Yo, you, you, we have," and I'm paraphrasing, but you know what he said, where he's like, "Look, we we have a bunch of kids from New York and New Jersey. Like, we ain't scared. Like." You know, yeah. we're we're the guys that are gonna push you around. And that's the thing, like Dex, that's 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 us. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm 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 five eight with sneakers. You know what I'm saying? You were a six two post player in high school, like that's us. You know what and, I mean? Like that's and, us. And skinny, but you had to play tough. Yeah, but, but, but that it always got I was all I especially between the two of us was always guarding people bigger than me, right? Not always in the post, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> you were in the post. You probably had yeah. to go against centers. You were six two, six three. Other centers were probably at times six five, six six, whatever the case may be. In high school, like that's generally how it is. And then with me, like I've had to guard people six foot plus. I've told the story about the six five dude from Calhoun that I locked up over the course of a second half because he was busting our ass in the first half. We ended up losing the game, but I was proud of the defense I played. I was fucking face guarding, doing jumping jacks, damn near, you know, all this shit. Like it was crazy, and like, but that's the thing. Like that's the attitude. Like it's not, it's not even just some bullshit. Like oh, New Yorkers think they tough, whatever, whatever. Like this is what it is when New Yorkers play basketball and you're tough or whatever. Like you just feel like you can beat anybody, even if it's gonna be grimy and ugly. Even if your point guard shoots thirty five percent from the field for the game, twenty two percent from three, it's not gonna be pretty. But who cares? A win is a win. And now St. Peter's gonna remember this forever. This is the fourth time they've been to the NCAA tournament ever. They've never won a game, not even when they had Keydron Clark. For people who don't know, Keydron Clark was a scorer in the mid-2000s, another New York City native. He averaged 25 points a game like every season he was in college, one of 10 guys to score 3,000 points for his career. They didn't even get to the NCAA tournament when Keydron Clark was there. Nope. You know, nope. Keijan Clark was like five foot nine. Dexter knows who I'm talking about. Obviously. Yeah, shout, five shout foot out nine. Shout out, shout out to Keijan Clark. We see him up in Nike Pro City. Shout out to Keijan Clark. Yeah, that's um, true. But and, we, yeah, like, yeah, and he's somebody who like, like they didn't even get to the tournament with him. So there's so much about this that I love. I love when mid majors can make a run. Like I was a fan of Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast. They were a uh, a uh, uh, one of the only 15 seats to get to a sweet 16. They did it a few years ago or Robles did it last year, but you know, a lot of people didn't. St. Peter's is the third 15 seed to get to the sweet. Florida Gulf Coast was first or Roberts was second last year, but you know, last year's tournament, we talked about it. Like the the buzz around this tournament is different because it feels like the first one since 2019, not to diminish or Roberts, but with, with, with like, but with St. Peter's, it's just like, it's also not just them specifically, but it's beating Kentucky. Kentucky is a real legitimate blue blood. If you know me, you probably know that I'm not really a Kentucky guy necessarily, as much as I do like a bunch of players that have come from that program. Yeah. But like, I don't stand for, I, again, I think we're too star horny of a society. I don't, I like, I don't care about the big budgets, the salaries and all the pros and you know, all this shit, like whatever, get your stars the fuck out of here. Let's grind it out. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, Love stars because they see themselves as one when they're fucking not. And don't get me wrong, I believe I'm one to some degree. But I was about to get to that. But in a different way, in a different way, Dex, I'm not the top five (laughs) draft pick. That that you see it right away. Yeah, but you you see yourself. You you have uh 
You have the underdog mentality. So I understand why you gravitate. To, I think that's part of it. I think you're, but I don't mean it just, I don't mean it in this, in like a, I think you know what I mean. It's not like in a, oh, I think I'm a loser sense. I, I think in, in what you say, you look at it as somebody who has to fight for something, fight for their place and what it is. And to some degree, I want to explain to people, I think what Brian is saying and why that is true to some degree and why I also relate with Brian on this. There is an underdog mentality when you're people like myself and Brian. Take it to our careers. Yes. We please. didn't go to Syracuse. We didn't go to Fordham. We didn't go to Northwestern. Or Columbia University. University. I, like how, <laughs> I like how you kept the Latino there. So, yeah, I felt that underdog sort of chip in a way in what I've done in my career. I know Brian has too. We went to University of Pittsburgh and St. Francis College. Schools that, what well, my point is, schools that are not known for producing stars in journalism. And we are some stars. Yeah, let me let you know. I can't duck myself. I believe I'm a star. I will never believe less than that about myself. And that's what the point I'm saying. I know what you're saying. You're not saying that anybody should think they're a star. That you don't think of yourself as a star. But but there's a, a lot. lot but there's I, a lot of different ways to become a star, though. You don't have to be a top. Agreed. Top agreed. You know? Like and, and that, like Nikola Jokic true. was a second rounder. True. Jimmy Butler was a late first true. round pick. Like that's what I, that's true. sort of why I, I was, identify with with those, those guys. Yeah. I was just talking with somebody about this in regards to the tournament we having the same conversation at work which is that you know one of the, the beauty of the tournament is that you can get maybe not the st peter's not necessarily the same way but you can get a john morant coming out of a murray state or mm. you get a damian lillard you know coming out of weber state you know whatever or cj mccullum out of lehigh we've seen yeah. players who've been really damn good in the league come out of some of these mid-majors and get their chance to shine the stage Jimmy Butler, I know Marquette's a bigger school, but it's not Kentucky. It's not Duke. It's not North Carolina. They're, you know, it, it's it's Marquette. Um, there are players that have come and have impacted the league in different ways from smaller programs, mid-programs, or even lower programs in big conferences. So, yeah, I understand why you like seeing those guys win. You probably see a little bit of yourself in your career in those guys. And, it's not, and I, that's why I want to clarify that. It's not to mean that you don't think highly of yourself. It's just you see some of that parallel in that, like, yo, there are great things that can be accomplished even if you don't go to a place where people um, expect greatness of you just because you are at that place. And being at a place where that's produced greatness is not necessarily a prerequisite for greatness. And it's also the different, because I wrote something on basketball news about this. It's also different factoids, right, that you come across where, like, John Calipari's salary is more than St. Peter's entire like athletic budget, something along those lines, right? And St. Peter's still finds a way to get it done and beat them. St. Peter's has had four players play in the NBA in their history, none longer than like two seasons. And they were on like the 60s, 70s, you know, like a long time ago. Not, not right. even Keisha Clark, as we mentioned. Kentucky has had like almost 130 pros. They're going to pass 130 once Ty Ty Washington, for example, gets to the NBA and becomes lottery pick, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's just the underdog mentality in that. And by the way, in terms of underdogs becoming a star, Shaheen Holloway is a star. Like, this is somebody who went to St. Peter's. Like, right. I don't know if people outside of this tri-state area can grasp. This is St. Peter's we're talking about, right? Like, when we worked at St. Francis, we 
Lift of St. Peter's is somebody who was comparable in terms of athletic budget and things of that nature, in terms of being the bottom at Division One athletics. Not in a disrespectful way, but in terms of just disadvantages and money and things of that nature. Size of the school, really, really small. Their student body, a lot like St. Francis's. St. Francis did, has not made it to NCAA tournament ever. Came really close in 2015, which Dexter and I was there for. I was a student. Dexter was working there. And you know, we know how much that would have meant. We don't want to get to that now, but like, yo, maybe, maybe at some point they'll break through. But the point is that like for St. Peter's to do this, this is not, never mind not being Kentucky, not being Duke. This is mm-hmm. not even Siena who's in their conference. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is not Manhattan College even. This Iona. is not Ryder. This is not Iona for mm-hmm. sure. This is not Monmouth. Like this is St. Peter's. And this is like super significant because even if you go to the area of the school, like you, you can miss it. You you go by, you right. probably you might not even right. think it's a college. It's kind of in the middle of Jersey City. Jersey City might have a certain reputation amongst people. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, could get could, people could get down over there a little bit. But yeah, it, 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 you're right. It's very comparable to where we worked at St. Francis. And you went to school. It's very comparable um, to that. If they did that and making this run and just. How they're playing. You said Sir Shaheen Holloway being a star. There's a lot of rumors about him being the next head coach at Seton Hall. Oh, let, um, let's get into that. Because Kevin, Kevin, so Kev, for people, Kevin Willard, yeah, people out don't at know. Seton Hall. Seton Hall's head coach, Kevin Willard, out of nowhere, just five years, 22 million. He's going to Maryland, leaving Seton Hall. Presumably, you know, a uh, Big Ten, uh, probably bigger athletic budget. Look, five years, 22 million. I mean, I'll go to Maryland. You know what I'm saying? But now that Seton Hall vacancy is open. And where was Shaheen Holloway a player at and an assistant coach at from 2010 to 2018? Seton Hall under Kevin Willard. So if they lose on Friday to Purdue, which who knows? Because at this point, I don't know. I, I ain't going to bet against this team that I was talking up so loudly or whatever. And to be, to be, imagine beating Jaden Ivey, who's going to be one of the top picks in the draft. Oh, that's just. I would go uh, crazy I, on the next who, episode. Who, 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 yeah, like, Jaden Ivey, Jay who I'm I'm loving and would love to find some way to get him to the Knicks, but that's a whole other story. He's getting those John Morant comparisons. I think he's a different type of player, kind of, but he, I, yeah, I, but I, 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 I love him. I love him. But he, he's, okay. Yeah, he's very good. But the point is that the Seton Hall opening is there, and if St. Peter's loses to Purdue on Friday and he's not on the phone with uh, Seton Hall, uh, Shaheen Holloway is not on the phone with Seton Hall by Saturday morning. I don't know. I feel like that's going to be announced I'm, by next I'm, Monday. I'm, if they I'm, lose I'm, right. I'm sitting here like, what makes you think he hasn't been on the phone already? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I don't know what makes you think that he hasn't been on the phone already. From what I'm hearing from stuff, uh, and I should, should be noted, Kevin Willard, after the, after the Kentucky win and Seton Hall's loss, endorsed him publicly in the media, said that if he was not there next year, that uh, the school should hire him. Right he there, should be man. the next. He the next thing. I, from what I'm hearing, it's not a matter of if; it's just when. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not it's, good for St. John's, by the way, because you know who's going to be getting a lot of those tri-state area recruits. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 let, now, before before we get off this topic, let's touch on that because I think that's interesting. I'm saying I don't think this is a matter of if; it's about when this happens and the impact I think regionally that it has. A lot of kids are going to see what he did here. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids are going to remember that quote he talked about in New York City. And I think that quote was the best thing he could ever have done in terms of recruiting. Because <laughs> kids are going to hear that quote about being in New York City 
and tough. And we haven't had a little bit of that around in high school basketball in a while. We've just seen that a lot of kids wanted to embody that and stay home. And look, that for St. John's, you're right, because St. John's should want to keep the kids in NYC instead of sending them across the river. But what? this is an NYC guy who's playing right across the river, who's talking up NYC, who can now go into the homes of these kids and the parents, and the parents are going to remember these quotes. I was like, yo, he was talking NYC tough. He's know what's up, son. He's going to get you playing, <laughs> son. He ain't going to have you out here yo. looking crazy. So and, you, you, you know this is going to be huge, Brian. And to your point, a lot of these kids who were probably born, you know, uh, now you're talking about recruiting, so you're going to be talking about kids born in 2004, 2005, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Their parents probably saw Shaheen Holloway play basketball, probably know who he because you're talking about people roughly around the same age. Shaheen Holloway was born in the 70s, he's not an old dude. You know, you're talking about a couple generations ago, he was in the limelight playing Big East basketball. Like, you're going to have people from this area. Shit. Probably ha- they're gonna have connections to get to know him or whatever the case may be. Like, oh man, like that. Yo, he's that still- is gonna be big. You're gonna see another Seton Hall team. Remember when they had Isaiah Whitehead? You know what I mean? And Angel Delgado and that team a few years back. Well, they like- got a lot. They had a lot of NYC kids. I think you can see like that. Um, I think you can see something like that again. I think this. I think him staying in the area is great for local basketball. Yeah, I think it's good. For, I think it's good for Seton Hall's continuity. Um, you would like to see this better for a St. John's if you're an NYC person. But I think this is good, and I think he's going to be able to recruit. I think he's going to have a special connection that kids that maybe even be thinking and going in the same conference, going to Iona or going to a Manhattan, they are going to be like, nah, I want to go play for that guy. <laughs> and it's just because he embodies New York. He talks New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? It don't he look like he be going to a place and be like, yo, what up, son? Why you wasn't at practice today? Yes, he looks like that. He, 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 look, he, he, he looks look, like that. He looks like he could roll up in the Dykeman right now, dap up everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm what? saying? Like, he, he's one of those do- shit. I mean, like, I don't think it's a bad thing in terms of, like, I think, I think you made an excellent point where it's like it's going to be great for just this area of basketball, not even just absolutely. New York City, but Jersey, Philly, Connecticut, yeah, absolutely. et cetera, et cetera. And look, success breeds competition, baby. It's like St. John's. St. John's has been actually been all right the last few years. And people in New York City, myself included, want to see them get back to those days where they're in a tournament regularly, which they haven't been for a while. They haven't gone to the tournament back-to-back years and probably like 20 years or something close to that, right? So, like, yo, hopefully everybody steps it up. UConn's back in the Big East now. Like there's a yep. lot, there's just a lot of moving parts here that's going to be very interesting. So, you know, if it's, if like you said, which I think is correct, I'm sure it's correct. Like it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I would love to see it. Uh, and I hope that, you know, in his absence that St. Peter's does like, you know, still compete at a high level in the MAC conference tournament and I mean, in the MAC conference in general. Like this was a team who was three and six this year before like really, as we enter 2022, entering the new year, they were three and six before turning it up in the MAC conference. They even lost the same St. Francis Brooklyn. Like they lost the St. Francis Brooklyn earlier this year. Now they're in the NCAA tournament. Like this is why March is the greatest. And like I love single elimination, you know, just formats or whatever. Like people can't say that they don't because they watch football all the time, which we're gonna get to in a second. But yeah, yeah, they, no, they do it. And you know, St. St. Peter's, it, it's the consequences for these smaller schools of having success. Uh, you're gonna lose a Shaheen Holloway, and while we're while it's a great opportunity for him, and 
some of those kids are probably going to transfer because they played for him or wanted to play for him. It, it's it's tough, but hopefully they, they as a program, this can help them maybe get another young, good local coach that's got some yeah. ties. That can, you know, hopefully they're able to keep a local. And this is the thing. New York City basketball, New York City metro area basketball has needed a good story like this, I think. And so I'm on the St. Peter's wave. Let's keep it going, man. Just keep acting like an HBCU. We're behind you. Black people, <laughs> black people, we like this, man. So the, the keep acting like an HBCU. We got no no problem with that. Latinos, too. We got Puerto yeah. Ricans on that there, team there also. There you go. Brian's been finding all the Puerto Ricans throughout the tournament to root for, man. That's what oh, you yeah. That's what you got to do. Don't ever let them get a Grenadian up on one of these teams. Oh, Boy, yeah. I'll be waving, waving my flag like crazy. Hey, George, George Condit. George Condit the fourth on Iowa State. He played for Puerto Rico in the Olympic qualifiers last summer and put like 18 points on Boban Marjanovic. He comes off Iowa State's bench. They're in the Sweet 16, baby. They're playing Miami. Hey, you know what I mean? Hey, like, go out here representing. Out here representing. We we appreciate you, St. Peter's. We do. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over/under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of A Hard to Tell Podcast. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code Backpack. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. <laughs> All right, to the NFL. Woo! Going from happy to kind of sad here. Deshaun yeah. Watson. Uh, your boy Deshaun Watson get in the bag, gets boy. traded, <laughs> gets traded from the Houston Texans. I mean, I liked them a lot before Browns. all the before all the yes. you know. Yeah, me, me, me too. I think a lot of people did, honestly. Yeah. Um gets traded from the, the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns. Browns gave up a lot for him. Now we don't know what's gonna happen with Baker Mayfield. He's salty, he wants to get traded. Couldn't even get traded to the Colts because they took Matt Ryan. I didn't understand that, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um the issue, Deshaun Watson also gets what? A $230 million contract with pretty much all of it guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. Here's the thing for me, guys. And we've talked a little bit about the Deshaun Watson stuff on this. Mm-hmm. Brian, it's crazy to me that he gets the bag. Not only does he get traded, but we knew he was going to stay in Houston. There were about 12, 13 teams lined up to get this guy. Okay. Which. Before I get to the allegations and stuff around it, it really speaks to the fact that there's such a scarcity of good quarterbacks in the league, right? Like there's just not a lot of good quarterbacks. My Steelers just went and signed Mitchell Trubisky because they didn't feel like they had any better options, and they weren't going to get involved in Deshaun Watson. I can tell you that that wasn't going to happen. Um, although they supported Ben Roethlisberger, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> right? You got. You got this guy basically got what he wanted. Shout out to his agent. <laughs> he got the bag, all this money guaranteed. And you have to wonder did any of these teams try to do their due diligence in looking at this, right? Like, because that's a criticism you heard after. Oh, well, did the teams look? Did they talk to any of the women, the 22 women who accused 
uh, Deshaun Watson? Did they talk to any about this? Because this whole thing, once we found out there was going to be any criminal charge against Deshaun Watson, it sounded like, oh, the NFL again does not give a damn about women. Because everybody was quick to just move on and let's move on with this. And then it was like, where's Deshaun Watson going? Which is crazy to me. Like, we're just going to move on from what happened and all these women that have talked about this and, you know, how they felt about it and how he moved with them. And now it's just like, where's Deshaun Watson going? And then the Cleveland Browns, who, let's keep it real, the Cleveland Browns have been desperate to win. They've stunk for a long time, right? They get drafted Baker Mayfield. They had OBJ, Jarvis Landry. Shit didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So we know that they're desperate. But then they put out, <laughs> they actually put out a statement on this, which they said they spent a, a, a tremendous amount of time exploring and investigating the opportunity to trade for Deshaun Watson. We are acutely aware and emphatic to the highly personal sentiments expressed by this decision. Our team's comprehensive evaluation process was of utmost importance due to the sensitive nature of his situation and the complex factors involved. Here's the thing. Was it, was it really? Did you really do a comprehensive evaluation, right? Or was it that you so badly needed a quarterback and you were going to give up three first-round picks and then give him the bag? Like, you know what you needed, and he knew what you needed, and the agent knew what they you needed. So they kind of had you over the barrel, for lack of a better term. They, I, I'm, I'm just saying because of that, I'm not sure any of these teams willing to sign him, including the Browns who did get him, did their due diligence. Right, they said they understand there's some legal proceedings going on. Respect to due process is pivotal. That along with Andrew Kevin Stancy, meet with Deshaun to have a straightforward dialogue, discuss our priorities, which is winning, and hear directly from him on how he wants to approach his career on and off the field. Blah blah blah. They said he was humble, sincere, candid in the conversation with him. Details commitment to leading the team, understands and embraces the hard work need to build his name, both the community on the field, those in depth conversations. Blah, 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 all this stuff. And we are confident, Deshaun, excited about moving forward with him as our quarterback, supporting his genuine and determined efforts. <sighs> Fine. Okay. But I don't believe it. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it, Brian. I don't believe any of these teams could really be this genuine about being thorough in a process, right? What they, what I think these teams believe is, okay, seasonal start. This is also a quarterback I should know. Probably will get suspended by the NFL for at least a couple of games. Who knows how many, right? Even Ben Roethlisberger, when he came up, he got he got suspended. Probably does. So you gave somebody $230 million who has all this stuff behind him. Who knows how long the suspension will be? And you still were like, yep, because he gives us the best chance to win, right? There'll be some people mad about this. They'll probably be mad. Maybe there'll be some people protesting outside the stadium. But their thing is like, eh, it'll blow over in time. And people forget. And the reason people forget is, said this on this podcast many times before around things with the NFL and a whole bunch of other things. We don't give a damn about women. If we gave a damn about women or organizations did, then it will be a thorough process and a thorough investigation. But it doesn't benefit the NFL or any of these teams to do that because people will just move on and they'll go on to what Brian talks about all the time. They'll keep up God, family, and football on Sunday. God, family, and football on Sunday. Be damned about those women. Be damned about <laughs> anything that can happen. Let's just keep it moving with the football. That's what this is. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, that's what this is. It's just keep it moving with the football at all costs. Unless, unless you do something that people might care about. Like mm. dogs. 
oh. with Michael Vick, right? Right? Yeah. I, I, isn't there something ridiculous, at least to the point that <laughs> Michael Vick, and I don't know everything that happened with Deshaun Watson, but it's very likely he's not going to face any criminal charges. Nothing's going to happen, but he will have served a harsher penalty for dog fighting than Ben Roethlisberger would have or Deshaun Watson would have, right? In their situations. Just it, always interesting Shit. in the NFL, man. And even with like Josh Gordon, for example, where mm-hmm. it's being framed as substance abuse or whatever the case may be, where it's like, you know, that was where we saw Stephen A. Smith's famous stay off the weed thing and he would get suspended for that much more than whatever Deshaun Watson's probably going to get here because he's not going to get a season he was he was just not suspended last year he was just on the bench last year still getting paid and this year maybe he gets four games eight games whatever the case may be I think it's probably going to be eight you know what I mean something like that I don't know which is interesting because then it's like the Browns know this going in and they still give him the most guaranteed the most guaranteed money ever in a contract. Now, of all dudes of all times now, and on top of that, they might not even make the playoffs this year because by the time he plays for the first time, it's entirely possible they're like two and six, right? Like, what are we doing? And then I didn't love, uh, you know, like Odell Beckham, LeBron James. There were a bunch of athletes who came out just like sort of glossing over all of this. And just sort of like, hell yeah, let's go, you know, my dog, Deshaun Watson, et cetera, et cetera, or some variation of that. Uh, Dexter, to me, the most interesting thing about all of this, and there's so many interesting layers to this, was uh, Tony Busby's comments. Tony Busby is mm. a lawyer representing the women. Yes. The 22 women suing Deshaun I Watson uh, told ESPN, uh, quote, the Browns organization did not reach out to me. I didn't expect them to do so and can understand why they didn't. But knowing what I know, they probably should have. Um, And he basically said that the league didn't contact him, teams, whatever, whatever. And this is after we hear NFL come out and say that they did a thorough investigation or NFL teams come out rather and say that, you know, they did thorough investigations, whatever, whatever, and didn't talk to any of the women who were involved in not a th- not a that's not a thorough investigation right, right? it's like you know it's it's like writing a feature on somebody and not trying to interview the subject right. that you're writing about right. like <laughs> right. it doesn't make any sense just to put it in a, some journalistic terms right so it's it's crazy like it's 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 just doesn't it doesn't make sense but it does because it's not that surprising right like e- even so it's like you you hear women say uh, never surprised, often disappointed, or some variation of that. And mm-hmm. it's like, yo, the, the thing that was the things that stood out to me was the Tony Busby thing, and then just the contract. The contract portion is a little interesting too, because the Browns reportedly like were were eliminated from the process, or whatever the case may be, and then I guess came back and offered so much money to where Deshaun Watson couldn't refuse, and now he's with the Cleveland Browns. And again, it's the most money ever guaranteed in a contract in NFL history by far. Because I think the record before was the one Aaron Rodgers just set with 150 guarantee for the Green Bay Packers, which was like, I don't know, a week or two ago. And now Deshaun Watson's got almost 100 million more than that guaranteed money. And I think we just 
in media, which is, you know, predicted, but which is to be predicted, I guess, unfortunately, but people have moved on way too quickly and are just kind of like, even before this, where's Deshaun Watson going to end up? As soon as it was revealed that he's not going to face charges, which doesn't mean he's not guilty. That's a totally different thing. And now, you know, we'll see what the NFL does from there. Roger Goodell likes to quote unquote, come down hard and is making himself, it's always made himself the sort of law on this, even though the NFL doesn't know how to do that. Um, so, you know, they'll probably come up with a punishment that falls short and uh, Deshaun Watson will suit up at some point. And, you know, that's pretty much that's pretty much that. And most, pe- and most people, including men, will go on not caring about women. Right. Like that's yeah. that's his point. That I'm glad you brought up the point about Busby, the lawyer representing the, the women. And I have no reason not to believe him on this. I mean, before he said that, I didn't think anybody did a thorough investigation. I didn't believe that at all whatsoever. And I think the Cleveland Brown statement now is just them saving face. Um, you know, I saw one woman quote tweet the Cleveland Browns from, I think it was a couple of days ago when it was International Women's Day earlier this month. And they said, happy International Women's Day. Yeah. And then this. And she I was like, is this, yeah. is this you? And no, but this is the NFL. This is what they've done. We have wailed on the NFL on this podcast. Um you know, we've enjoyed the sport of football, but there's a lot of things the league has done wrong. Um, there's a lot of reporting that's done wrong. Jenny Ventus, who's now with the New York Times, did great reporting on the Deshaun Watson situation. She was one of the, the few journalists to really d- dive in deep and shed a light on this. Um, th- m- more could be done. And, you know, here's the thing. Last thing I'll say on this, because we got to move and wrap up, but when Deshaun Watson does speak to the media, it's also about the reflection and all the stuff he's learned, because we know we're going to hear that. Oh, I mean, all this stuff. Please, 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 somebody in the media, please ask him exactly what he's learned and how he's going to change. This is something we have to ask. We let people off the hook all the time. and They say, oh, I've been done reflection. I've been doing this. What, what exactly are you doing to put in the work? Because here's the thing. I believe people are redeemable. I absolutely believe in that. I really do. And, I mean, there's some things you cannot come back from. I would like to make that clear, too. Yeah. But there are things you can come back from. There are ways you can put in the work and become a better person from your mistakes. One thing doesn't have to always define you. I'm fine with that. But I think we let people off the hook way too much by them just saying, oh, I've done this and I made some changes and not asking exactly how they're doing, which I think is a fair question to ask in terms of how they're going to put in the work and make those changes, you know, because we know he's not going to directly apologize to any of these women um, for these allegations. Um, and I, I, I personally think there's just, I'm not saying what didn't happen, but there's just too much smoke there. And again, at the end of the day, Brian, it's the NFL being the NFL, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's nothing surprising. And sadly, it's not surprising for women. All right, hip-hop this year has been uh, – I don't even know what to say, man. As a but I, you know? I, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like, there hasn't – there still hasn't been that, that album that's really grabbed me. Um, I think the album I've enjoyed the most this year is probably Saba's album. Um, I thought that was really good. I don't know if you listened to that one yet. Um, no, listen, I still I still have to listen to it, which is a no, bad, that's bad on my part because I you told me about it a while ago. Yeah, it came out early February. I remember because when I was in Utah, something that helped me get through my trip in Utah. Um, because it's Utah, but um, outside of that, you know, we haven't even talked about this. We had a couple Griselda releases, Tana Talk Four, um. God don't make mistakes, Conway. You know, I felt those were mediocre. 
Um, I thought those were not great projects by either of those two dudes. They're okay. They had some songs, but um, not running back to play them like that. Yeah, and not, and and for me, like not not mediocre in a sense, like like in general. Yeah, as far as like, it's not on the high end of Benny and Conway projects. No, individually. to me, they were kind of like stay busy albums or stay busy projects until like that. until we get to like the next sort of big one or whatever. Which there's still a way to do that and make it really good. I think a good example of that evidently was Nas and Hip Boys Magic EP. Because that was clearly something where it's like, all right, we're going to drop this for now. And they even said King's Disease 3 is coming. But, I mean, shit, that shit is still getting rotation on ESPN yes. during yes. Countdown and shit. Like, and I still come back to it a lot. But that came out last year. To your point about the slow start, I just want to get this in real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at, like, the Wikipedia page for 2022 in hip-hop. You look at the highest rated, critically reviewed albums that have come out in 2022 so far. And they have 16 albums listed here, and the last one is a 48 out of 100. So it tells you the volume of releases are down. You know what I mean? Number one here is Earl uh, Earl Sweatshirt called Sick, which I haven't heard. Um, I I don't run to check out Earl Sweatshirt necessarily, even though people my age typically do that because when we were in high school, you know. Yes. um, Saba's here at third. Um, Which Which, Few Good Things is a very good album. I do yeah. not think it's. I do not think it is as good as "Care for You," his previous his sophomore album. But this is very good. Um, I would say in the and eight I like out of ten range. Yeah, in, in the eight out of ten range, this is very good. It's a very good album. Um, yeah, you know. So I'm fine with the critical. What was number two? What was better than it? I actually never heard of this artist, Koji Radical. Never heard of this. Artist. Never heard of him. He's uh, from uh, oh, oh. He's from London. Ah, okay. I might check that out. We got to check check it out. (laughs) I might check it out. Our brothers across the pond have been putting out some good music. Look, I had uh, three or four in my top 10 last year. Top 10 last year. It was Lil Sims, AJ Tracy, Dave, and shit. I think Getz was in there also. Getz was Um, in there. Associated Acts, Getz, AJ Tracy, Wretch, 32, who I also like. Um, Mick Jenkins is here, who I also like. Gold Link. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay, so okay. not even thirty years old. Uh, Who, who's ma- who's making this critically acclaimed list? Who's 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 made this list? Son of uh, immigrants from Ghana. Okay, no, no. Oh, yeah, I'm saying who? who no, no, no. I just wanted together. to look it okay, up. Yeah. So Earl Sweatshirts one, Koji Radical is two. Uh, average score eighty five. Earl Sweatshirts was eighty six. That's the highest. So this is average score based on what Metacritic. Metacritic, yeah, okay, yeah. Metacritic. Okay, Metacritic. Metacritic, so they're aggregating the reviews. You know how that goes. Uh, right. Saba's 83. Conway, 81. God, don't make mistakes. I'd probably say more of a 70, but that's Yeah, that's a little, it's a little high. Um, who the fuck is this? H-O-9-9-0-9. I sound like a fucking boomer. I do not know. How do you pronounce that, that shit? Horror. Okay, it's pronounced horror. He's from Newark. Newark, New Jersey? Yeah. Huh? All right. Um. Okay. He has an album called Skin that's out that apparently was pretty good. Uh, Currency and the Alchemist, which I have not gotten to yet. I have not gotten to that. Continuance. Um, you know, Central C. Don't even know who that is. Do you know who that is, Central C? Another British rapper. Okay. Young British rapper. No, but sometimes I'm fine to see so, his list because I might want to check out some people I haven't checked out before. So I'm intrigued by this. Okay. Benny the Butcher, eight. Tennis Talk, four. Um, probably, you know, a- aggregate score, 77. I'd probably say 70. Uh, Earth Gang, Ghetto Gods, and Cypress Hill, 10. 
And then Eleven is an album that I actually like that came out this year from A Bird's Eye View by Cordae. Yeah, I was wondering where he was getting to. And I like that album. I think it's solid. I'd probably say it's the next best thing I listen to after Saba, to be honest. I think it's definitely better than Benny or uh, Conway's projects um, of the ones I listen to on that list. So I'm surprised that's not as high. I thought Cordae's album was good. And there's songs I still go back to on that and listen to. Why is um, it not as high? That's interesting. Critical reception. Okay. Uh, Hip Hop DX gave it a 2.9 out of 5. Really? That's then, interesting. Uh, Pitchfork gave it a 5 out of 10. But Hot New Hip Hop gave it a 79% out of 100. That's that weird. That's weird. That's very it, King's Disease to me, where King's Disease 1 came out and people were kind of like in the, in the critical acclaim. Like it was more favorable than not, but kind of mixed. And then King's Disease 2 comes out and now everybody's like trying to overcompensate, call it, you know, whatever the case may be. Although they're both great. But yeah, I mean, look, there's not a lot of hip hop that has stuck with me so far this year, to your point. Like I yep. honestly thought that we would have gotten Kendrick album by now. Me too, especially following the Super Bowl. A lot of projects we're still waiting on. Timmy keeps telling me, Timmy, friend of the show, uh, who I do the Palm Rican boys with, he keeps telling me he thinks that Kendrick's going to drop before Rolling Loud because he's scheduled to headline at Rolling Loud, which I thought that would have been the case for the Super Bowl, but this makes a little bit more sense because Super Bowl, he's sharing the stage with Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Dr. Dre, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, evidently, and Anderson Pack. Now this is going to be him. I, I I hope that that's the case, right? But in terms of albums, like yeah, I, I is I, is Tim is Timmy going to Rolling Loud? I think Since, so. It's July twenty second in Miami, folks. Twenty second to twenty fourth. I'm knowing him. I'm sure he is. Um, <laughs> so there's that. But in terms of that, like yeah, Kendrick. I know Freddie Gibbs. He told uh, Bill Simmons this, <laughs> and he's also said this just in general. He also has a, a, a series out on Peacock that I got to check out. That I'm forgetting the name. Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, it's a comedy. He's acting and shit. And it, it, the clips look good. Look, he can act a little bit. I saw him in Loiter Squad. He was good. He's done his own. He's been talking about getting act, into acting for a while, trying to you know, open up that part of his resume. You know we love diversity and resumes up here, baby. You know what I'm saying? So he's he's going out here. He's got a show on Peacock. I, for, I think it's called Bust Down. Uh, and, yeah, it, I saw one clip, and it was hilarious. I just got to get around to it. But, you know, Top Boy's out and winning time. Woo! We're gonna talk about winning time at some point because I got some thoughts. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm about to as soon as we hop off this. I finished the third episode. Atlanta is back this week. We are excited. Yeah, about oh that God, part. Atlanta's yeah. coming back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. We yeah. got the next episode. We have to talk about some shows because there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about. We'll go yeah, on, go yeah, ahead. yeah. And I'm not deep into uh, Top Boy yet. I'm only an episode. Uh, two I haven't, episodes even, I in, haven't even started. I haven't even started. It's off to a, a very interesting start. But That's in terms good. of, but I want to talk, can we talk a little bit about like albums we're looking forward to? Because like, I sure, know sure. Freddie Gibbs is coming, but that's June, right? King's Disease 3, which look, I said Nas has been dropping so much. He can take a year off. Yeah. I, you I, know I, what I, I mean? I, I could. It's funny. That's crazy for me to say. Listen, I'm always excited for some new Nas, but I could take a break for some Nas. I understand what you're saying. We, You know what? Listen. I want, there's a lot of albums. You go ahead. I know you had more stuff to say, but there's albums that I want or want to see this year. Hey, Black Thought, what happened with, with Dangerous Thoughts, man? We thought mm. supposed to do all the day. He said with Danger Mouse, supposed to come out last year. We need that, but go ahead. You Joey Badass. Joey Badass. That's what coming. Was... At least we know that's coming. All right. He's got two singles out. We know that's coming. Pusha T. That's supposedly which, coming too. You know, he dropped a single, which I like. Yep. Uh, you know, I 
wish I would see a little bit less of uh, Mr. Ye there. But, you know, Pusha T, you know, that's his boy. I get it. Uh, Denzel Curry is dropping. I don't know what, if it's an album album or whatever. I never know anymore. But he's dropping something this Friday, which I'll, I'll check out. I like Denzel Curry. I also got to, you got to remind me, Saba, I got to get to. And I'm going to check out some of these UK artists because I need some new music, man. I need some. But Denzel Curry's got a, got something coming out called Melt My Eyes, See Your Future, uh, which sounds very Denzel Curry-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next month, Stevie Stone. All right. Um, F- Fabio Foreign. You know, I'll check that out. He's got some. He's got some. I don't know if I'm like. checking it out. I, I do like the joint with him and Alicia Keys and Kanye. I do. Know that's 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 what's it? Uh, City of Gods. I do mess with that song. Haven't I, heard. I like Fabio's that. got some joint. I like. I, you know, I like some of the Brooklyn drill. You that. know what I mean? So I yeah. think he does it really well. Vince Staples has an album coming out at some point this year called Ramona. Oh. Ramona Park broke my heart. I saw, I I read something about that the other day. I really liked his EP last year. If you, um, so I'm intrigued to see what he does. Yes. Hold on. I'm still on the wiki. It says Kendrick Lamar, June 23rd, Oklahoma. I've heard that that's going to be the name of his album, but June 23rd is the first I'm seeing it a date. So who? Oh, I didn't know there was a date for it for hold him on, yet. Hold on, Kendrick Lamar. It's, I don't, time, it's time to I don't do know some Googles. I don't know if that's uh, le- legit. It's time to do some Googles. Oh, that is not what I Googled. Oh, boy. Kids, uh, be careful how you misspell things uh, when you're searching up stuff on the internet. I don't even, I almost <laughs> don't even want to. Kendrick Lamar, uh, top stories. Let me see. I, there's I don't nothing. Nobody has anything confirmed on this. There's I don't. I don't. Confirmed. I don't know where they're getting June twenty third from. I hope it's not that long. But look, if that's the case, when is Rolling Loud again? You said July. July twenty second to twenty fourth. Also, that would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. Actually, I mean, it so. makes sense. But we don't. We'll, I'll wait till a confirmed release date. Look, he did announce at some point. I don't know if he announced. Somebody announced. I did see a report at least. We'll clarify it that way. Last month, that there was a show. He's going to do a show this summer in Milan, Italy. You know, like if he's gonna be back performing, I would hope that it's gonna be with some new music. So uh, that's so. the thing. And then other than that, like I don't like who else are we looking forward to, really? I mean, you know, Kendrick still. I mean, Kendrick, J Cole supposedly still working on the fall off. Don't know when that's coming. Um, you know, though J Cole's been a lot on a lot of stuff the last couple of years. Um, like I said, for me, is that new Black Thought. Static, a new compilation project. I know that's definitely coming this year. He's talked about that. Um, supposed to be doing a project with uh, Two Chains as well too. I would love a new Roots album. It has been eight years. I'd love that. Mm, um, I would like that also. I would also like a new Jay album. Um, I think it's time we haven't heard from Jay from a bit. I'd like to know what he's got to say or if, if he does have anything to say. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> I want somebody from Slaughterhouse to release an album. <laughs> yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I want. I want all them dudes to stop getting on IG and stuff. <laughs> we don't care. Y'all too old for that, man. Like, <laughs> come on. So the, the back to the Kendrick thing. I would like a Royce album, though. I would like that. Mm. I like a Royce album, a focused Royce album like we got from Book of Ryan. I was bumping that the other day. Mm. Damn good album. Um, the report from Kendrick, this was last month. We need to talk about this. Kendrick Lamar is from Rap TV on Twitter. Verified the whole shit. You know Rap TV. Mm-hmm. Justin Kendrick Lamar will have new music released by June 23rd. And then there's a poster of him 
from a show that he's going to have. It says Milano, uh, June. So that's, so that's where the report's coming from. Finally back with an exclusive show, uh, Milan Summer Festival. It says Kendrick Lamar is going to play the pieces of a new album long awaited by fans per that report. Um, so what? it's saying, it's saying June 23rd. And then look, we know rolling Loud's a month after it put two or two together. We might have a Kendrick album this spring or summer. Probably this summer. Like um, I hope so. Time for some new Kendrick. Uh, we need it. Yeah. Hip hop. We're so- coming up on the five year anniversary of damn. Yeah, right. that's that's how long it's been. I, I mean, I'm fine. I'm confident he'll do something good, and I'm intrigued to see what he has to say. So we'll we'll see. It's been a slow start to this hip hop year, but we got to get up out of here. Uh, we've taken a lot of time. Good episode, a lot that we talked about today. We're rooting for St. Peter's this week to do their thing. Keep it going. Keep representing yep. for the. I'm taking them to cover. I don't care what the spread is. <laughs> <laughs> keep taking. Hey, it's it's work. It's worked twice for some people. Uh, so keep representing, keep following us where you follow us at AHTT Podcast on Twitter and IG. Continue to support us, support us in every way you can. Also, check out that prize picks code where you can get your first deposit up to $100 matched as well. He's Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.